0: Hey, everybody, this is Lunelle, the original bad girl of comedy, and you're listening to Women for the Culture with our badass host, Camille. I'm a woman for the culture because I stand for what is right. I'm a mother. I'm an entertainer. I travel and try to keep it held down at home and uh, stay a sex kitten through the whole uh, through the whole process. So I know that a lot of you out there are doing the same as me, and that is what makes us women for the culture.
1: You are now tuned into another episode of the women for the culture podcast i'm your host camille davis montage pr and today i'm sitting with the original bad girl of comedy lunel lunel thank you so much for joining us today it's a it's pleasure a pleasure
0: to be here with you camille
1: Thank you so so much. You in my head are auntie. And that's no shade. You know, we're coming off of the episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta where they distinguish the nieces from the nieces from the aunties. And although you're auntie in my head, you can hang with the nieces any day, right?
0: Yeah. Well, right. I don't, you know, I don't know what how they described it, but I personally have 17 nieces and nephews in real life and people have been calling me auntie for quite a while. Uh, some, some people try to slip and call me grandma and I block them immediately because I'm not a grandmother. My daughter's only 25, she has a dancing career and they thinking about no kids. And I, I don't I don't want to be aged out in the grandma category, but I've always considered auntie to be like a term of endearment, especially in our culture. The people who don't want to be called auntie that's you know that's their issue, but I don't have a problem with it.
1: I love that. And speaking of hanging with the best of them, I have to um, acknowledge your recent surgery. First of all, first and foremost, I know that you've had your second knee surgery, so I have to ask, how is that going? What is recuperation looking like?
0: Um. Uh, yes, I I I had a, a knee replacement surgery on my left knee, and I have just and that was in October, and I just. I'm in the middle of recuperating from my knee replacement surgery that I had two weeks ago here in Texas. My sisters had both her knees done. And I said, well, I was having problems with my knees. We, we have osteoarthritis runs in our family where the cartilage runs out in our, our we have bone on bone. So I, my sister's jumping around like a 17 year old ripping and running. And I said, well, I want your surgeon. So I came to Texas. To have her surgeon, the, the surgeries have been successful, and um, I'm now in the last part of my physical therapy. I got four weeks to go, and then I'm. I told them, please give me the Megan the Stallion kneecaps. That's I what know that's right. So so um, I've got to be uh, out there doing my thing as soon as I can heal up and you know and and get back on the road, which will be in June. So um, uh, I'm very happy that I did it our boys and our family have seven brothers and sisters. I'm the eighth of eight. Our boys don't seem to have knee problems. So I'm gonna say that it may be reflective of, you know, heel wearing and and, and carrying kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But for whatever reason, it's fixed now and I'm gonna be able to live pain-free because pain is nobody's friend, you know?
1: yes I'm so glad that you can find comfort now but what does that mean for your stage presence because when I think of Lunel I think nails and I think heels
0: well I haven't worn heels on stage in over a year I haven't even stood up on stage mm. in a long time I used to sit down and I probably still can uh, uh, continue to sit down but now not because I have to because I might want to and um, the stage presence that I command wouldn't matter if I was standing or sitting or laying on the floor. And I uh, might, I have nails now, but they're very, very short because, you know, during hospital procedures, you have to put your finger in this and all that stuff. And I only got them uh, because I had to film some stuff before I came out here to have the surgery. I will get my long opulent nails back though when I get ready to go back to Vegas and resume my residency at the Jimmy Kimmel comedy club which hopefully will be in July
1: yes I want to definitely get back to your residency but first I want to talk about respect how teach the girls is respect earned or did you just come in demanding your respect out the gate because when I think of Lunell that's what I think is respect right
0: well thank you um, well, you know, res- respect um, comes about in different ways for different people. I think that uh, people have a different threshold for not taking the bullshit, you know, and if you get to a point where you say, I'm not going to be treated this way anymore. I'm not going to be treated that way anymore. I'm not going to be treated this way by men. I'm not going to be treated this way by catty women. I'm not gonna be treated this way on my job. I'm not gonna be treated that That they will, you know, when you stand up for yourself, um, you know, the respect will come, but you have to have, you have to be able to have a personality that commands it. You know, I think that if you are a mild mannered person and then all of a sudden you're not, you, you, you come like, I'm not taking this shit anymore and blah, blah, blah. People tend to think you done flipped out, you know? But I uh, had my flip out, I guess you can say, early in the game, because I'm the baby of eight kids, like I said before. Um, I sort of have had to command respect. Um, It wasn't given to me. And also in my career, I think you earn respect as a comedian if you earn it on the stage. You know, you can't just talk and want respect and then go out on stage and be a flop you will not get respect then. But if you continuously slay, then you will get that respect in my career. If you continuously do your job well, in whatever job you do, hopefully you will earn your respect then. I think that we are at a time in our culture right now where our respect is going to be um, acknowledged more than it has in the past. Because of course, people have been doing a great job at their jobs for years and still didn't get the respect, but times they are a changing. And um, I think that people are going to have to check themselves since we are all standing up for ourselves a little bit more, I think now uh, uh, through the, you know, through the things that we've been through in the last year, you know, with the murders and the trials and the, uh, protests and the and the uh, insensitivities. I think all that is uh, slowly getting ready to fall by the wayside because we are not going to take the funny office joke anymore. We're not going to take you know the snide under their breath comments anymore. We're actually going to be checking people on that, and they should know that that, that this is you know a new day. And unless you're just a very mild mannered take a lot of shit person that, that that's that's not going to fly anymore and then and and, and i'm hope, hoping that women uh across the board are going to be able to command their respect by doing their job doing it well and um being um what's the word i want uh um when you do it uh, being um uh when you do it over and over again you don't um when you're oh, what is it um when you you have uh, when you when you can do your job and do it well time and time again. When you don't do it, and then sometimes you're okay, and sometimes you're good. But when you have the continuity, I guess, of consistent, yeah. yeah, consistent. When you're cons- Thank you, Harriet. When you're consistent in your product, uh, uh, and your and your and your um, ability to. Uh, let people know where you're coming from in a uh, articulate way then I think that you can get respect that way I hope I was able to articulate that
1: no for sure for sure Mm -hmm. consistency matters and that goes to my next question your image like was your image was it a thought like obviously image is important right but the way that you carry yourself you know was that at top of mind while building your career all of these years because when I think of you I don't I don't hear of you you know in in bad circumstances I don't hear about the the um the, the PR stunts you know how do you manage to stay even keeled to have um and and, and not be shaken you know like how I've never seen you act out. I've never seen that bad side or that bad image. No one can ever say anything bad about you. Was that important to you? Like how did you manage to sustain this positive image throughout your career?
0: Well, first of all, that is absolutely not true. No, I don't think No, (laughs) there are plenty of bad stories out there about me. That's how I got the original bad girl of comedy handled before I even came to Los Angeles. When I was living back in Oakland, you know, I used to be a uh, bar fighter. You know, I slapped the shit out of a bitch in a in a a bar in a minute, or a man. I used to drink a lot. I've been to jail. I've been incarcerated several times. I uh, did time. You know, months and months. I missed my daughter's first uh, Halloween, her first Thanksgiving, because I was incarcerated. I think that um, with age comes wisdom. Mm. and um i think that you know if i was still acting out at my age it would be pitiful you know because as you learn you grow and as i've grown i've learned how to handle certain situations in a different way you know now i'm not above cussing somebody out matter of fact i live for that but mm-hmm. i'd rather not do that and i will try my best not to do that and if we have got to the point where i had to do that you probably did something to vastly earn that. You understand? But I'm a businesswoman and I have yeah. to put myself in a business type of it's way. Tell us
1: about some self-control.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been it's been a journey for me to get where I'm at. But I think that that also set the set the stage for people to know that Lunell is not effing around, you know, that I and 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 then if I if I acted that way. Even when I did act that way, I still slayed on stage. Even when I was acting poorly, I still slayed on stage. So nobody's ever hardly been able to say, well, she wasn't really that good. If if they had that to say, it was probably years and years and years ago. Because I do take pride in in my craft. And that is from stage to film and television and theatrical stage. You know, I've got like four careers. So, you know, if somebody decided they didn't want to fool with me doing comedy no more, I still have film. If somebody decided they didn't want to fool me in movies anymore, I still have television. If somebody decided they didn't want to fool me comedically, film, or television, I can go to the theater. So, I, 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 I you, you know, you will not be able to ace me out. I'm going to have a presence, period.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Now let's talk about longevity. You mentioned your residency and kudos to you because when I think of you, I think of a legend and I'm so proud of you that you set yourself up in a way where you can eat for a lifetime. Can you tell the girls how to accomplish that? Like how has your name transcended through generations? Well, uh, first of
0: all, I've been hearing that legend word a lot recently, and it tickles me because I don't see myself that way. Humble, I know. Uh, Well, I just, I mean, I just, I've been in the game a long time. That's true. But there's, you know, uh, I don't have any, um, I have plenty of awards, but they're not, you know, the ones you think of. Like, I don't have any Grammys. I don't have any um, NAACP awards. I don't have any of that. I'm not in that I'm sort of in this underground for the people type, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, things, mm-hmm. you know, and all that doesn't always trans- translate into the corporate uh, clique, as it were. I would like to, you know, I, I would rather have an NAACP award than, than an Oscar, you know, because, yes. I, because the awards for my people mean, mean more to me. You know, they may not mean more to other people, but they mean more to me you know, a Soul Train Award, shoot, I'd be happy to get, get one of them gold trains, you know, sitting on my, on my uh, counter. But, um, I think that, um, the longevity is that I just have a, a, I've been laser focused for, since I was like maybe 12, laser focused, I didn't have a plan B, there was nothing else I wanted to do, period. And nobody was going to stand in my way, not a parent, not even my child. I've had to make sacrifices in that. I've been gone a lot of my child's life, you know, and um, the Yanla Fix My Life episode let me know that when I really didn't even think about that and things that my daughter had to go through when I wasn't around and I didn't even think about it because I was so laser focused. You know, people say you can have it all, but you really, really can't something's going to suffer. But if you come out of it, with still having the love of from your family and the love from your ch- child, if you have children, and if they know that you really did sacrifice to make a better life for them, you know, like if I pass away tomorrow, my daughter will have a corporation, my daughter will have a business that she can jump into, you know, because I've laid back foundation that foundation wasn't laid for me except for my education I'm very well educated I have a bachelor of arts degree in English literature and a lot of people don't know that even though I cuss up a storm you know don't let me write a letter that will really tear your ass you know what I'm saying so um I I I think that just um being focused and not being distracted by boyfriends and relationships you know I've been married and I've had relationships where none of that comes before what I wanted to do for myself. None of it. Not no man, not no kid. Unfortunately, you know, that's just the sacrifice that you have to make. My daughter is everything to me. She means the world to me. What I I I have um never I've never um thought I it was even going to have a kid you know, but the Lord blessed me with the child and with the talented one. She doesn't have to sit at home and be like, what am I going to do with my life? My mom is Lunell. My daughter has a career and it's sort of parallel to mine, except hers is in dance. Yes. So she was able, you know, she auditioned and got a part in Coming to America. I heard so Her first major motion picture is with her mom, you know, and that's major for us. Yes. everybody may not dig it some people may drink jelly everybody doesn't love what you love everybody not happy for you when you think they are they should be they're not and you need to be okay with that you know and and just be happy with your your little family and the things that you know that you're doing to provide and to educate you know but I definitely have paid the price you know like um you know, there's been a lot of things I've missed, you know, my daughter's prom and things like this. And when she started her cycle and all that important mommy stuff, I wasn't there. But then again, you know, my daughter has things that other kids don't, you know, mm-hmm. and not just material wise and uh, just she's got knowledge and she's got strength and she's got drive and she's got that from watching me. You know, I believe that's what she tells me.
2: Oh, mm-hmm.
1: I love that. How do we overcome that mom guilt? when well, we know that there's a greater, there's there's a, a end to this, there's a, you know, to the means, like there's a greater purpose. Just stick in there. I don't think there. you
0: can really overcome it. I think you just have to find a way to deal with it. You know, you sort of have to, you know how a racehorse has blinders on the side. That's so they can't see what's going on to the left of them yeah. or the right of them. They just go straight forward. I mean, I've cried a million, million tears. I cried when I was in jail, my daughter was young. She, she don't know nothing about that, praise God. But I, I've cried a million tears behind bars. I've cried a million tears into hotel room pillows. I've cried a million tears into people's shoulders. I've cried a million tears, but I just had to put one foot in front of the other, wipe my face and go out there and do my job. And that takes a toll on you mentally too. Oh. You know, we haven't come through this with, uh, we haven't come through this unscathed, but it's just what you have to do, because I have to be able to uh, be happy with myself, or else I would resent her, you know what I'm saying, for holding me back from what I really wanted to do, and these may not be the proper answers, you know, this may not be what people want to hear, it may not be what the psychologist says. but this is the way that I handled it. I don't, professor that anybody can do what I did the way I did it but you have to find the way for you to do it that keeps you sane and comfortable and and focused and you know just have to sit down and do a lot of talking heart to heart with your with your husband with your boyfriend with your child with your whatever because you know if there's anything that will give you more grief than your child is your man hello
1: <laughs> yes but what I'm hearing from you is that you had a team, you know, you guys are a team and thank goodness for the team, but we tell women to be selfish because you're in control. No one else is responsible for your happiness, right? That's you.
0: Absolutely. 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 Yeah. You know, uh, there's a lot of women sitting at home waiting for their men to come home off the road, but this just happens to be, it's going to be the other way around. If you mess with me, cause I'm gone, you know, I'm not there to hold you for your birthday. I'm not there to do any of that stuff a lot of times, but I will make it up to you, or you just have to have people that's understanding what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't make somebody who don't understand, understand. You can't just like you can't make somebody love you that don't love you. You know, you have to just uh, do what's right for you because it's self-care just like we take baths and salts and candles and all that self-care can be physical and it can be mental as well. So, um, You know, that's, that's, that's just what, what has worked for me.
1: Now, if I could take anything from you, I would say confidence and strength. And, but, but I, I, I wonder, are you tired of the strong black woman narrative? Like, are we tired of owning that or what? Because I, I almost am, you know, I'm working towards that. I want to be that, you know, and we're often given that title as if we're just supposed to carry all of this weight, you know, what do you think about that? I'm
0: tired of the strong black woman narrative being a bad thing. Uh, I'm not tired of being a strong black woman. That is what I am, but I get weak at times too. I get down at times too. You know, we're not strong 24 seven. We may be strong when you see us. And we're not strong when we're behind closed doors. You know, the strong black woman narrative um, is a thing, but it's only a weak person who keeps throwing that up in your face and trying to use that as something that's bad. That's a good thing. To be a strong woman, period, no matter what color you are, is a good thing. Strong black women got us out of slavery. You know, Harriet Tubman was a strong black woman. Strong black women uh, produced TV shows, Easter Ray. All black women to yes. lead us to the promised land you know or, or women in general. This, uh, this this country, no matter how much the narrative has been um, has been lied to us upon, it's, it's women who have really saved the day in a lot of situations, you know um, you, you, you can't you can't continue this world without, without us women men can't have children alone you you need us you know and a lot of times they can't hold down the fort between working and having children you know there's single men out there too that are trying to hold it together as well but you know sometimes it takes a mommy's hug um, you know we're just women are, are extraordinary we're we're wonderful beings and god created us you know uh to, and 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 created us to be a helpmate uh to a man but if he falls by the wayside we got to help ourselves and you know god helps those who help themselves and so we just have to do what we can to keep our head up and take a deep breath and put one foot in front of the other and get the job done i think we've been doing that for centuries you know what i'm saying and we'll continue to hopefully because can't nobody bring us down they they've raped us they've, they've separated us from our children they've killed our men and yet, you know, and still we rise. So the strong black woman narrative, I think is not a bad thing. It's the weak ass people who try to make it be a bad thing. That's bad.
1: Yes. Now it's no question that you're a woman for the culture. Why is it important to you uh, that you are using your platform to be impactful?
0: Well, I think it's just for me, I just got a lot to say, you know, and I, 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 I can write it all down, but nothing gets my point across like my direct voice and intonation. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that I'm for the culture because I, uh, I was raised around white folks. I wasn't raised in the ghetto. I was raised in the suburbs and I got to notice the beauty of our culture and the necessity us to see the beauty of our culture whether it be in arts or entertainment or uh literature or education or anything we are you know we're god's chosen people we are kings and queens we are special people they didn't take niggas from africa and bring them to america they took kings and queens from africa and made them niggas so we have to uh try to redirect that narrative and let people know that you can tell us what we want, but we are amazing, even in our uh, um, even in our uh, faults. You know, we're still amazing. You know, they can take people from down south that other folks may think is country and uneducated, and, and yet we see the beauty in that. You know, I was born in Arkansas. I was raised in the Bay Area, but I was born in Arkansas. My, I'm in the South right now, and uh, the things the um, Home trainings and the uh uh family um the traditions and things like that are beautiful things to us. The culture is something that's in you. Like, you know, you can't really teach that. Like Sharon Osborne wanted to show Underwood to educate me, tell me, you know, and I'm like. We could sit down and tell you all the history lessons that you could read on your own, but can't nobody teach you compassion. That's something that you have to have within yourself. And 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 uh I just think that um the culture is uh a word that needs to be used more. We didn't even really weren't weren't even really using that word until, you know, maybe last maybe 10 years, you know. Um and I and I and I want Uh, the kids that's coming up now to be more cultured. I want the parents to sit down and, you know, like we used to sit at the feet of our elders and hear stories about, you know, we used to shell peas on the porch and do all that kind of stuff and learn and listen to stories. And these kids need to hush and listen more, but you need to be telling them something that they can absorb. It's just a folklore culture thing. I I don't have the answer to the shit. You know, I'm just Uh, thinking of the things that worked for me and the things that impacted me, you know? I have all my brothers and sisters are older than me. I listen to the stories they have to tell. I just got a picture of my father, like yesterday when he was in his twenties, you know? And these are things that you, you know, ask, uh, ask questions, talk to your elders, find out about your family don't be so selfish. It's not all about you. It's about the people who came before you and the people who came before them. You know, that is the culture. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I love that. Now, can you tell us, is it your responsibility? And if so, what are you doing to propel other women and pull up those up under you specifically in comedy?
0: You know, (laughs) I'm really shitty about that because I don't really do a lot of that. I don't do a lot of mentoring and stuff because it seems to me that a lot of the people coming up in the game right now don't want our advice and everything that we tell them that worked for us don't necessarily work for them. And it's a different time and it's a different age and it seems to me that a lot of them want everything right now but oh. there is no more appreciation for the struggle you know oh. and if you're going to get anything that lasts and if you're going to get anything that means anything to you i think that you have to struggle a little bit there are people who can make it you know just like that and then how long is that going to last i don't yes. know i didn't know when i started doing comedy that i'd be doing it 32 years later I didn't know when I started doing comedy that I'd be able to sustain myself in a, a a lifestyle through comedy. I didn't know that there was no money. There was no BET. There was no Def Jam. There was no Comic View. There was no money. You know, I do comedy because I feel like I would die if I don't do it. Oh. And 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 this last year, you know, we've done a lot of introspective and just because I wasn't on stage didn't mean I didn't do comedy. You know, I can do comedy at the grocery store. I can do comedy, you know, uh, uh, trying on shoes. I can do, because it's in me. Nobody made me a comedian. I was born one. And I didn't realize that till I thought back to my childhood and the Red Fox list re- records I used to listen to and the Bill Cosby records I used to listen to and Flip Wilson and all that kind of stuff. And it got in me and and my family is very funny you know people ask me are you the funniest one in your family hell no my family is extremely funny but we're that hardcore hurt your feelings kind of funny you know if you got if you're thin skinned you don't need to hang around any of us because we will say something out of pocket that we'll think is funny you may not and then you know you think we're assholes but that we're just kind of hardcore like that because some of the funniest stuff to me is inappropriate and is you know, out of pocket, and it is kind of, kind of, kind of cold. But that's just the 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 type of funny that that I like and that we like, and that I was grown up uh, being around you know. Mm-hmm. I, I and maybe that's to, why you're,
1: I'm sorry to cut you off, but maybe that's why you're the perfect auntie, because you're the one that we can, that's going to give it to us real, right? You're the somebody, one that's going to tell us what mama can't, right? They
0: call, me, they call me the dream killer, because people are like, I'll be like, look, you know, this ain't gonna work, that ain't gonna work, what you're doing is now, you tripping. And because I just want to tell you the real truth, you know, I, if somebody really was, um, Paying attention to me, because I used to like shadow comics. I used to shadow Laura Hayes. Uh, she's from Oakland. Shadow me and I used to follow them around. I would go to the club. I would watch them. I would listen to them. And you know, if you really want to get some information from somebody, don't really expect them to sit down and give you the key to the city. You know, do your work, follow them, go to clubs and stop trying to get on the mic every time you go in the club. Watch the comics that are there. See what works in this room and what didn't work. Go to another club, do the same thing. Go to some white ones, go to some Latin ones. Because if you're really going to be an entertainer, you're not just going to perform for Black people in your life. You're going to have to perform for, you think I perform for all Black people when I'm in Las Vegas? Hell to the no. You know, those are people, some of them don't even speak English. They're tourists. And maybe they've seen you, seen me in a movie like Borat. Maybe yes. they don't even speak English. They see, oh, that's that girl, that's that picture. We want to go see her. Maybe they don't even know. It's just, just, like music. There's musicians who go over to Switzerland or go to Germany or whatever, and the German people don't speak English, but yet they can sing, sing the lyrics to the song because you know the, the it trans, it trans, transmits through, through your heart, and. Um, I, you know, if somebody really comes to me and they really want to know an answer or want to know how did I do this or what do they do in certain situations, I'll be glad to talk to them. But nine times out of ten right now, nobody gives a shit about what we're saying because they think they know it all already. So I just let them bump their head.
2: Thanks I let them go crazy. ahead on
0: and do whatever. So I'm not no teacher. I'm not no mentor. But You I just gave us some it. amazing tips right there. Well, you know, I mean, I can be, but I I, th- I just, I, I don't try to put what worked for me off on somebody else because everything that worked for me ain't going to work for you. You know, yeah. it's a different time. I'm 30 years in. I would never, the best advice I give somebody, if somebody says to me, um, I want to start, I want to be a comedian. What advice do you want to give me? I say, don't. Oh. Don't do it. Uh, and 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 if you take that advice, you didn't need to be in comedy in the first place. You already failed the test. You know, Ugh. you you need to hear a hundred don'ts, Ugh. and you need to be able to say, "I'm going to do it anyway." You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, this isn't a pat on the back business. Mm. You know, you don't get stroked for your good job. Your good job is what you're supposed to do. You know, if you come off stage and ask people, "How did I do? How did I do?" Ugh. You're insecure. Because yes. you, you should know how you did. And gotcha. if you did great, pat your own self on the back and probably confer affirmations from other people who really don't give a shit about how you did. Right. That's, That's so good. That's so good. I don't know, girl. That's just
1: my little, you know. My little I can story. listen to you all day. You're an amazing storyteller. And I don't know if that transcends the comedy, you know. But even like Vlad TV, like I can sit there and just listen to you tell stories. I love it.
0: I'm a see, that's because I, I I listened to Richard and Mooney and Flip and Bill and Red. And they did, Red Fox was a joke teller, but but I'm more of a storyteller. Like I can't tell jokes. Like Michael Collier is a great joke teller. He he can tell jokes all day long. I can't tell jokes, but I can tell you a story that will take you on a journey yeah. that'll make you feel like, oh my God, that happened to me last week. Oh, I thought I was the only one. Oh, she's so funny. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and that, those are the things that I like to do. I like to tell stories. And that's why I, I, I went into English.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us, I don't want to keep you too long. This has been an honor. And again, like I said, I could do this all day with you. But can yeah, you tell us? So We'll we have to do it again. I would love that. Thank you so much. You're just amazing. You're everything I thought and more, that's for sure. Tell us, how can we keep up with you? Um, What do you have going on and what we should look out for next?
0: Well, it just so happens that I just got, um, you know, I'm recuperating from this surgery, but I should be done by the end of um, the beginning of May. And I'll go back to LA and get myself together. And I have my first uh, dates in June. The, I think 3rd, 4th and 5th of June in Indianapolis at a club called Helium Ooh. and then I think I after that I think I'll be in Atlanta and I'll be in St. Louis so I'm just gonna be start getting back on the road you can always watch my Instagram that will let you know my show dates and um, my website heylunell.com is where you can purchase tickets at if you don't get them from the clubs themselves. And a lot of people are like, oh, come to Chicago, come to Detroit. I'm like, "Okay, I don't just come there. I get brought there. So you need to go to your right email, text, phone call or go to your favorite comedy club in your town and tell them who you want to see, because they're going to bring who you want to see you know they're like damn 10 people this week called the club and said they want to see Lunel. i guess we better book Lunel, you know so it's up to you guys to do a little bit of work too and let the clubs know who you want to see you don't have to just go on who they book you can see who you want to see let them know who you want to see so i know that i'll be going back on the road in june um my uh youtube show uh hey lunel is every wednesday on youtube we archive the um the shows so you can go back and watch them. I've been doing them, you know, almost a year now, which means I was doing my YouTube show when Amara Aubrey got murdered. I was doing my show when George Floyd got murdered and the trial has now started. You know, uh, I was doing my show when it was the one year anniversary of, of Nipsey's murder. So everything on my YouTube show is not all funny funny. Sometimes we get into deep subjects and deep topics and stuff like that and sometimes i'm talking about food and sometimes i'm talking about boys and so it's just a pretty you know regular well-rounded show my youtube show my no, instagram can hear is, you. oh
1: you can can you you can hear me yeah oh i can hear you now i don't know why hopefully they got that i'm sorry to i okay. have my phone on do not disturb oh yeah but I don't know why it just went out. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. That's Do you okay. wanna pick well, back up on the last thing? I didn't wanna miss a bit.
0: Okay, well, I was just saying that I'm going back on the road in June and I'll be starting off in Indianapolis, third, fourth, and fifth. They can always uh, go to my Instagram and um, uh, I'll be posting my dates, you know, where I'm gonna be. And that, you know, if you want to see me in your town, don't come on my IG talking about, come to Chicago, come to Detroit. Go to your comedy club in your town and tell them who you want to see. This is your money you're spending. You deserve to see who you want to see and let them know who you want to see. They'll bring whoever you want to see. You know, 10 people say, go to the club and say, we want to see Lunell and we want to see her right here. They'll be like, dang, maybe we need to book Lunell right here because, you know, you guys, it's your money that's going to make, and your, and your request is going to make, uh, make the difference in who comes to your town. And you can always go on my Instagram, at Lunel L-U-E-N-E-L-L, and track where I'm going to be because I post everything on my IG too much sometimes. And um, uh, then hopefully uh, before the, before the, uh, corona hit i had a residency in vegas at the jimmy kimmel comedy club which is by the sahara and the link hotel in vegas it was every sunday night at 10 p.m hopefully by july i might be able to go back there it all, it all depends on jimmy kimmel and when he want to open the club back open because you know we want everybody to be safe and stuff like that and so um you know just keep up with, with me that way my website heylunel.com facebook uh the official lunell my Instagram at Lunell and, you know, just, just, just reach out to me. I do answer my DMs most of the time. Uh, And, you know, also I've been able to, uh, I, I, you know, it was, it was just a fluke that I ended up being a Savage X Fenty lingerie ambassador for I know, you know how Rihanna.
1: did I not even bring that up, sexy?
0: <laughs> That's, you know, Rihanna and me just, in, it's, it's, a, it's a longer story than we have time for here, but Rihanna and me talked about it. And my main thing was, well, do you have any lingerie for bigger girls or curvy girls? I and she some- said God. yes. And so that is how I said, well, I want to be one. And she's like, okay. Then she hit me in my DMs, asked me for my email. I sent it. Boom, contracts started coming. And I was like, damn, I don't wrote a check that my ass don't literally have to cash now. So it's not that I just get a big thrill at my age and my side but pulling my clothes off and showing my ass and titties on Instagram. But I get a bag for that. And this is, you know, this isn't I'm not doing it for Rainbow. I'm doing it for Rihanna. You know what I'm yes. saying? So that puts a little bit of legitimacy on the brand that I'm that I'm working for. And it is a job. And I'm really proud of that. You know, I think that I make older women know that you know it ain't over flannel gowns are for being warm but you can't still be sexy and ain't nothing wrong with a flannel gown I just pulled one off but you know when it comes time if you want to you know turn it up a bit there is stuff out there for us curvy uh women and Rihanna's got it and we're very
1: proud of it it's black owned and it's accommodating to every size every yeah. of us because all of that matters yeah, and, and if you look at her fashion
0: show from last year and probably for this year coming up, she had all kinds of models. She had models where fat was hanging out over here, fat was hanging out over there and they were as confident as can be. And you can be too. You know, you don't have to be ashamed of your role. I got two scars on my knees now that look like I've been dragged by a train. Do I care? No, why? Because men don't choose their women by their kneecaps. They just really don't care. It doesn't matter. And my stars and my roles and everything is what you get when you live a life this long and this full, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, we would all like to look like Rihanna at you know, 50, 60 years old. There's no guarantee we will. And if we don't, that don't mean going to court and cry. That just mean, oh, well, I just have to get the same thing she went in a bigger size. And I don't care, you
1: know? Yes, you're such an inspiration. I just want to thank you, not only for your time, but just you remaining fly and fearless throughout it all. You're just amazing.
0: I don't know you
1: know, if I've given any of the right answers
0: to anybody oh. today, but this is how I feel about stuff, and that's just how I get down. So, you know, if you got something from what I said, then God bless you. And if you didn't, God bless you anyway. Hello? <laughs> thank you, Lunel. and this will not be the last. Okay, good. Let's do it again. Hey everybody! This is Lunell, the original bad girl of comedy. And just to let you know how you can keep up with me, you can follow me on Instagram. That's at Lunell, L-U-E-N-E-L-L. You can follow me on Facebook on my Facebook fan page, the official Lunell. Yeah, I know you know how to spell official. The official Lunell, once again, L-U-E-N-E-L-L. And you can check me out every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time and 6 p.m. on the East Coast at on YouTube at Hey Lunell. That's H-E-Y-L-U-E-N-E-L-L on YouTube.
2: Are you a Women for the Culture? Join our tribe by following Women for the Culture on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's it. You can, of course, go to womenfortheculture.com, but just know that you are a part of a safe space and a sisterhood. Feel free to shop all of our merchandise and make being a woman for the culture a lifestyle. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women for the Culture podcast. Be sure to visit our website at womenfortheculture.com. Follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive interviews and content.